1 Corinthians, the third chapter. 1 Corinthians 3. Let's look at verse 11. We started, we got in this last time. But <clears throat> For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, or that which is laid, which is understood, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself, if any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world, or life or death, or things present or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of that portion of 1 Corinthians 3. <clears throat> now, there's a couple of things I really want to emphasize here, and I want you to remember. Very important. First off, in verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. A foundation. Many preachers and many commentaries start talking about salvation here. This is not what Paul is talking about. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about the church. Jesus Christ is not the foundation of our salvation. That would have him playing a part in our salvation. That's not true. He Christ is our salvation, lock, stock, and barrel. His whole person and his work, his finished work of redemption. Our salvation is locked up in Jesus Christ, and we are not, we have not added to it, we are not adding to it, and we can't ever add to it. It's all his completed work. Now, what is it that we can Add to. Well, that's what he's talking about. Right here, verse 12, if any man build upon this foundation, that's not salvation. That's the foundation of the church that Jesus built. Gold, silver, precious stones. Well, that is a metaphor. Gold, silver, precious stones are metaphoric for works that will survive the fires of God's judgment. It's not denying gold, silver, and precious stones. 
they really exist, and that is a literal meaning of how they are precious, and they compare metaphorically with works that will stand up under God's fire. That's what they're for. Now, these idiots try to say, oh, it's just symbolic. It doesn't mean anything. Well, sure it does mean something. And he's not talking about fake gold and fake silver and fake gems, precious stones. But then he says wood, hay, or stubble. Well, obviously, wood, hay, and stubble are not going to withstand any kind of a fire. So that would mean works that would be compared to those flimsy objects. I mean, they're real, wood, hay, and stubble. We got wood, we got hay, and we got stubble. They're all around. But they won't stand up against any fire. There was a fire in Lexington, Fayette County, just this week, past week. Uh, a whole bunch of horses died in it. And I know how much, uh, had to be a lot of hay and straw uh, burned up in that. That's sad, I hate to see that, but it did happen this past week or so. Did you hear about that, Dave? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so wood, hay, and stubble, that's, that's works that will not stand up under the scrutiny of God's judgment. And we are, as saved people, as, as children of God, we have works. And our works are either to be compared with gold, silver, precious stones, or to be compared with wood, hay, or stubble. What are they? Say, so, well, I'm not going to worry about that. Well, I can't worry about it, but I want to, I know that someday it's going to be brought, made manifest, be brought forward. All right, so, well, to be ready for that, what kind do you want? Well, for the, for the sake of the glory of God, we ought to want the better, the wood, these gold, silver, and precious stones. All right. Verse 13, every man, well, that doesn't just mean man, men, means mankind, men and women, it means us all. So why don't you say women? Well, it just, you can't say everything in every word, you, you can't put all your doctrine in every term, in every sentence. So in the Greek, you've got the word aner, and that means male species, uh, the Greek word for females, or gune, I'm sorry, that's what it is. Uh, I'm sorry, that's what it is. It's on air and gune, men and women. But the word anthropos, from which we get anthropology, that is a word for human beings, whether you're of one gender or the other. There's only two genders, you see. Anyway, so... Every man's or everyone's work shall be made manifest. Phanero in the Greek. That means brought forth to be, to see the light of day. Well, you mean everything that I've done, good or bad, is going to be brought forth, made manifest? Yes. For the day shall declare it. Now, how's that word day used there? Does that mean a literal day? Absolutely it does. The day of the judgment 
of God on his people. We'll talk more about that in a minute. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. That is, what kind of work we've got, we've had. And the fire shall try, uh, prove. Uh, I believe dokimazo is, uh, is the Greek word there. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. The fire will prove it. If it'll stand the fire, it's good. If it doesn't, it's bad. If any man's work abide, and that's meno, means remain. If any man's work remain, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now see, you're not talking anything about the salvation of a man's soul. Not. This is after a person is saved, a child of God, and then their works for the Lord. And it's obviously in and through a, a, a qualified church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, if any man's work shall be burned, in verse 15, he shall suffer loss. So there's the, the two extremes. One, suffer loss. Two, receive a reward. People, guys say, oh, I don't believe the doctrine of rewards. Well, I do. Why wouldn't that be enough to teach you that the Bible teaches the doctrine of rewards? Does that teach it? Of course it does. Oh, well, I know more about the Bible than that. No, I don't believe that. Well, you're an idiot. That's what the Bible says. Anyway, and I understand that even rewards are by grace. God doesn't owe us a thing. But he has determined that he will reward faithfulness. All right. So he says, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Well, somebody said, well, uh, he won't lose his salvation in that, in that judgment. Nobody going to lose his salvation in that. What they will lose is rewards. Or they'll gain rewards. However, it proves that those works were. Now, verse, 19, verse 16. Know ye not. Now, ye is second person plural. And that's what it says in the Greek. Humos, it's second person plural. He's talking to the church. He's not talking to an individual. He's talking to the Individuals as they comprise the church congregation. That's very important. All right. Uh, don't you all know that you all are the temple of God? He's talking about the congregation. Okay. And that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. So. This is absolutely talking about the church. Each New Testament church is the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells. There's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in his church, which began on the day of Pentecost. Uh, lots of guys don't preach that. A whole lots of them. But that's what Paul teaches right here. Now look at verse 17. If any man defile, that word could be also destroy, 
the temple of God. Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you all are. Second person plural. There's no doubt this is talking to the church as a church. So, now hold your place there and look over chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. And verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Now, you say, well, that's saying the same thing you said back there. No, it's not. In chapter 3, he's talking to the church specifically. Chapter 6, he's talking about the individual believer. And the whole context uh, brings that out. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So remember that 1 Corinthians 6, he's talking about the individual believer. 1 Corinthians 3, he's talking about the church. And you better watch these commentaries because they run them both together and make them both talking about the believer. None of them bring out it's it's in the church. Because they don't believe church truth. So that's very important. Uh, now, while you go back to Romans 14. Romans 14. All right, in verse 7, chapter 14 of Romans. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. My life, no, you can't. A child of God can't do that. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, resurrected, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it nothing, thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, what Paul is saying there is exactly what he's teaching in 1 Corinthians 3. That the day shall declare it. This is the judgment seat of Christ. So, if judgment begin, let it begin at the house of God. It's what Peter said. And here's where it begins. We open up the book of Revelation, and what do we see? We see Jesus Christ as he 
will appear when he comes back. As I say, that's the only remaining picture of Jesus Christ right there. Revelation 1. And we see him, his hair is white as snow, his eyes as a flaming fire, out of his mouth goeth a sharp two-edged sword, a golden girdle about his paps, feet of brass, and where is he standing? Amongst his churches. You got the seven churches of Asia Minor in chapters 2 and 3. And that's where the Lord is standing. That's where he's going to judge. That's who he's going to judge. His people. His churches. His bride. And so you've got the judgment seat of Christ before which no lost people will be. So when will that be? Whatever your beliefs are on the coming of Christ, the order is going to be this. When Jesus Christ comes and resurrects the saints, I believe then, sometime immediately thereafter, will be the judgment seat of Christ. Well, what about the other big judgment? The white throne judgment. You don't encounter that until the 20th chapter of Revelation. Which will, what will happen before that? Well, you've got these things that will take place in heaven. Judgment seat of Christ. Then the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. But on earth, the pouring out of the wrath of God. Then after the battle of Armageddon. Then you'll see the chaining and binding of, of Satan, and the beast and the false prophet, they'll all be gone. And then Christ will sit his throne, the throne of David, will sit in Jerusalem. He'll establish it, on the Mount, he'll be on the Mount of Olives, and he will rule and reign for a thousand years. Those are literal years. Thousand means a thousand. Nowhere has thousand ever been used that it didn't mean a thousand. I can't find any evidence that the word thousand has ever been used in Scripture to describe something less or more than a thousand. If it says thousands, then you got more than one thousand, but it still means thousands. And so, after that, thousand year reign of Christ then Satan will be unleashed for a little season he'll go out and he'll gather his army because his army will be ready to go <coughs> they've resented him for a thousand years and then there will be a final battle Gog and Magog then there will be the resurrection of the lost and they'll all stand at the great white throne judgment God will judge them. There won't be a dialogue. They won't be saying anything. The only one speaking will be God Almighty. And he will be saying all of what needs to be said about them. And then he'll cast them into the lake of fire. Death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. And then the new heaven and the new earth. Then will be in the eternal ages. And who will be living 
in the holy city, Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem coming down out of God, his bride. Others will have the right to it in the daytime, but the ones living there will be his bride. So now that's, that's your little chronology. But there's two judgments. Now there's all kinds of small judgments. But you've got the judgment seat of Christ, and that's for all saved people. Uh, and then you've got the, the, got the great white throne judgment, and that's for all lost people, doesn't matter who you are. And they will be separated by at least a thousand years. All right, so verse 17 of chapter 3. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now, defiling the temple of God or destroying the temple of God. Now, we believe the doctrine of Baptist church perpetuity. That the same church, the kind of church that Jesus built during his public ministry, that it has been here and it will be here until he comes back and receives it unto himself Every single day since Matthew 16, 18, there's never been a day since then that somewhere on the face of the earth, there hasn't been a New Testament church just like Jesus built, preaching the same doctrines, carrying on the same authority, the same baptism, carrying it on all. And and his kind of church is still to say, well, it's not... It's not the big ones. No, it never was. That's why he said, where two or three are gathered in my name and his authority, there will I be there. And so he promised that he would be with his kind of church every single day. Now, I know there are lots of folks out there that call themselves Christians, and they're Protestants, and Baptist Protestants. Many Baptists today are just Protestants. They've made themselves Protestants is what they've done. And that's what they are, if it's what they want to be. But the whole tenor of Protestantism is this, that the kind of church that Jesus built didn't last. You've got a Catholic Orthodox Lutheran, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, uh, Methodist, Campbellite, all the others. By their very existence, they say that what Jesus started did not last. And they actually say this. Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville says this. That the true churches died out during the Middle Ages. And there were none. Until the reformers came and started reviving the church. Well, the reformers, who are they? Well, you call a lot of them. Uh, Martin Luther is a big name. Calvin, Zwingli, Knox, and many others. So 
people believe those men were able to do something that Christ couldn't. And that's what that's all about. Uh, say, well, we've got to be nice to them. Now, I don't know what you mean by nice. We're not in a fleshly battle. We're not taking sticks and stones and going out and battling people. But the word of truth is our sword. <coughs> we must wield the sword of truth and joining hands with those folks is not wielding the sword of truth. Not at all. I saw in the obituary column today a man died I went to Sunday school with him. The whole time I was in Sunday school, Ashton Avenue, old Ashton Avenue, knowing from that standpoint. And so he was Brother Clarence Walker's grandson. And in his obituary, it says that he was a member of such and such Christian church. I'm very disappointed in that. Brother Walker didn't teach that. His grandfather didn't teach that. And as far as I know, Brother Walker doesn't have any kinfolk that are walking in the truth at all and haven't had for years. I knew most of them. But he couldn't help what his family does. But when your family gets their eyes turned on riches of this world and you go marry into the riches of this world and then you take the religion that they've got, you turn your back on the Lord. Amen. And that's what happened. I know other preachers have got uh, offspring in Campbellite churches and other kind of churches. Just don't do that. Well, I said, well, you don't, you're mad about those denominations. No. They are standing in contradiction of the word of God. And they are saying that our Lord Jesus Christ is a liar. Now I want somebody to bring their Bible and show me where I'm wrong here. I don't think they're going to do it. They would run their mouths behind my back, but I want them to bring their Bible and show me. They can't do it. Anyway, and then we look at all the churches that not only are not standing, how about all of them that are not even in existence now? We've talked about a bunch of them. And that doesn't count all the ones that are not standing on the same truths that they used to. When I first surrendered to preach, which would have been 1969, Uh, 54 years ago, there were lots of churches that claimed to believe the doctrines of grace and doctrines of landmark, the church authority and all that. They're few and far between right now. And that's why Jesus asked the question, 
Will there be faith found on earth when he comes? And he's talking about the faith once delivered to the saints. I don't know. I believe it will be, but it'll be very, very few and very far between. Anyway, so people that are defiling and destroying the temple of God. I know preachers right now that have purposely destroyed sound Baptist churches. And they're, they're, they're rich now. But I got news for them. When they shovel that dirt in their face, they ain't taking a dollar of it with them. Not a dollar. Anyway, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. I believe that's true. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. You think you can outsmart God? Some of them think they can. This thing, Biologos, Hugh Ross is in that. Claim to be Christians, and they believe the Bible. And they believe the Bible teaches that the world is billions of years old. They believe the Bible teaches that it was a local flood in Noah's day. Wasn't worldwide. And talk about all these stars. Where these stars are created and all that. Nobody's ever seen one created. Nobody has. Einstein hadn't. None of them have ever seen a star created. They've never seen a... What do you call those things? Huh? Yeah, meteorite. Meteors and the other one. Huh? Comets. Seen those things created. They've seen four or five blow up. They call them pulsars or something. They've never seen a star created. Yet they talk about where they're created at. They don't know that. They talk about how many billion, 50 billion light years away. That's would be 50 billion, 24 trillion miles. 50 billion times 24 trillion. They don't know what they're talking about. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Now you talk about all of these so-called wise scientists and so-called wise theologians. Look what they're doing. They're changing churches. They're, they're getting this so-called transgenders into their pulpits. Opening up their churches to all of that filth. 
abominable filth. Again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. Looks to me like a closed system there with God and his people, isn't there? Well, that's what we've got. Now, I'll take a couple of verses here. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. First, Paul tells us about himself and his others beyond him. He says, account of us as being servants of Christ, ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And that's whatever, that's whatever preacher called preacher of God is. So you account of us as being that. And moreover, being as that's what we are, here's God's requirement of everyone that's in that category. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, a lot of folks don't like that verse. It doesn't say successful, does it? Oh, I know. I've disappointed a lot of people. Because I'm not passing a giant church with a big budget. I know who they are, too. But I've disappointed them. But you see, they don't know what success is. Before God, here is success. Being found faithful before God. There is success. Uh, Jesus Christ, no one could ever come close to him as far as accomplishing what he did. He came and accomplished everything he intended to. And yet we see that when he was hanging on the cross, he left a church that had 12 members. And one of them was the devil. And by the time he was finished redeeming his people from their sins, taken down off the cross and buried for 72 hours, all that was left of his church was 11 members. Judas went and hanged himself. And you see, even early on, Jesus had all of those thousands around him when he fed the 5,000 and then the 4,000. There were upwards of 20,000 people each time. We don't know for sure how many, but there had to be that many that he fed. You're talking about a bunch of people. I mean, you know, that's talking about numbers that you could get today in some of these gigantic places. 
Uh, but as soon as he started preaching to them, said they all got up and walked away and didn't come back. And then he looked at his apostles and he said, will you all also go away? And Peter said, where can we go, Master? Thou hast the words of life, the words of truth. But he said, even not I've chosen you twelve and one of you is the devil. So it, it, hadn't, it hadn't diminished as much as it was going to. Just a handful. Well, as they, he didn't have his own grave. Joseph of Arimathea, his grave was, you know, didn't have, have any clothes that, None of them stood with him. And as he hanged on the cross, one of the thieves said, if you are the king of the Jews, as it says over your head there, you get us down, you get yourself down and get us down too. What, you say you got a kingdom? Look at you, you ain't nothing. You ain't nothing any better than us. You got a kingdom. But when God did a work of grace in that other one, he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Because he knew the Lord had a kingdom. He knew it was the Lord, and he knew he had a kingdom. So, does the Lord require a man to be faith, be uh, successful? Not at any rate like this world accounts success. Must be found Faithful. And then I'll close with this one. But Paul says, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, by you, or of man's judgment. He says, yes, I judge not mine own self. Are you doing, what kind of works are you doing? Gold, silver, precious stones? I hope so, but I don't know so. And I'm not going to spend any time judging. I'm just going to do what I can, knowing what I'm doing by the word of God. And there is a judge that will judge it all. And it will be righteous judgment, and it will come out exactly like it is supposed to it not only will be fair it will be just and it will be right when he gets done judging so uh people judge you all the time some people think that's why god put them on this earth this is to judge you <laughs> they're wrong but they think that but they're not the judge i'm not the judge you're not the judge we have one that judges us May the Lord bless you all and continue on. Be faithful.